0: All right, so welcome to another uh, episode on Safety Third. I'm excited today because with us today, we have Elena Ron.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: And Elena, you are a nurse, and not just a nurse, but you're actually like a world travel nurse, (laughs) um, and have have had some pretty amazing experiences um, all over the world in various locations. So maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you arrive at the the profession of nursing?
1: Yeah, so, I've always kind of had a passion to, to help people from the time I can remember. And I was a student missionary uh, right after high school in Africa. And that, doing bush clinics and working um, just in that type of environment in very different culture, really opened my eyes to the rest of the world and what could be out there and how I could possibly help. So I decided to go to nursing school then, that was almost 10 years ago. And ever since, God has really opened doors for me to, yeah, be able to serve in lots of unique, interesting, exciting places.
0: That's awesome. So you also have some background in emergency medicine as well. Yes, with, you were an EMT at a fire department and had some experiences there too. Is there yeah, anything?
1: yeah. So I, I. Actually, I started out as an EMT before I went to Africa, thinking that I would be a paramedic. And then once I went to Africa, I realized that nursing was much more versatile, so I decided to switch over. Um, But I worked on the ambulance a little bit as an EMT, and then um, most of my background has been emergency nursing. Um, I still work in a hospital setting just to kind of keep up my skills, and God has really allowed a flexible schedule for that. So... Yeah, when I'm not doing that, I'm traveling as much as possible.
0: That's awesome. So so tell me a little bit about some of the places that you've been to with your nursing skills.
1: Ooh, um, so Africa would be one. I know it's a big continent with lots of countries. Um, The most recent one in Africa was Ethiopia. Um, The Middle East, I've spent most of my time in the Middle East. Um, And recently, I... I was in Ukraine for a little bit and I'm working um, on a contract in uh, Kosovo, so southeastern Europe. Um, I was also in Haiti with your team, and Dominican Republic, um, yeah.
0: So it, it seems in the news, you look anywhere in the news, it seems like the world is just falling apart at the seams, wherever you look. I mean, right now Iran mm-hmm. is in a state of chaos and there's a lot of fear about what might happen. in in that particular country and situation. And especially since you've spent time in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. maybe share a little bit about um, your experience in the Middle East.
1: Yeah, so I feel like the Middle East, there's always unrest. And until the Lord comes again, there probably always will be. It's just one of those places where there doesn't seem to be a lot of um, peace in a lot of countries. Um, So I, I went several times to Syria and um, I think the most memorable trips were when I was working in a refugee camp in Syria that had at that time about 80,000 refugees. And um, there was a specific annex or part of the camp where they held women and children from ISIS fighters uh, that were wives of the, of the fighters and who were fighters themselves, some of them. Um, and so, I was doing medical care there. We had a a field hospital and we treat everybody. We don't discriminate. And so we would treat these women. And just the stories that they would tell were incredible. And there was one woman from Pakistan and she was very young, spoke perfect English. And she was in a firefight with her husband and ended up her hijab caught on fire. And she was burned horribly and she lost two of her children and her husband in that um, fire fight and then she survived with horrible burns along with one of her other children so they were both there and we would have to treat her burns um, probably every other day they were quite severe and you you build relationships with these people you may not agree I mean obviously with their choices and the things that they've done I don't make the best choices all the time either I mean we all we are all sinners and we all suffer consequences for that and hers were quite harsh um but just in treating her wounds and talking to her it really brought a new perspective on some things that we don't always think about here in the states and when we read the news or see it on tv um and just her story growing up and how she went from pakistan into this world of isis and um so we we discussed a lot of that as well as religion. Her religion and cultural views were very different from what I grew up with and what is familiar to me. And I think that's part of it is being in another country where it's not familiar and it's not comfortable, but being open to understand the differences. Um, Because we're all humans. We all want love. We all want security. We all want peace and safety for our loved ones, our children. Um, The same way that that she did, but it's just shown in a very different way. And so um, she had actually been known as one of the leaders in that annex area that still fully believed in ISIS and what they were doing um, and that we were all infidels and everything. But at the end of my time there, and I was there for a few months, she thanked me and she thanked me for my care and for the conversation. And it was, it seemed very genuine. And I think part of that is building relationships through that time this wouldn't have happened overnight Um, and I was actually they have glow tracks in Arabic so I was able to leave some glow tracks in Arabic and I don't know whatever happened with those and sometimes we'll never know until we get to heaven the effects that we have on people but it was just a really unique experience being there with her in that whole environment
0: so a couple things I want to I want to go back and, and look at there because that's such an incredible story Um, and perhaps number one, you being a woman and she being a woman, perhaps opened up that door maybe a little more than if it was say a man trying to talk to her.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I, sometimes I feel selfish because In most of these places, I'm the minority. One is a female and one is a Christian. And so it makes it very difficult sometimes to be in these environments. And it can be very stressful and just kind of like, why am I here? You know, this is more than I bargained for type of thing. But in this situation, you're absolutely right. The fact that I was a woman... And a Christian both had a benefit in this situation and being able to connect with her. So, wow. yeah, God really opens wow. up doors, even if sometimes we're not asking for certain yeah. doors to be opened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, who would have thought, right? I mean, sitting with an ISIS fighter and bandaging her wounds, yeah. which that's another point I wanted to come back to, is that is that through your interaction with her, it was really the medical arm that probably gave you the opportunity to build that relationship and trust.
1: Absolutely, which is a huge perk in being in the medical field because you can work in places and people have a different view or respect for you that they may not otherwise. And so I think God really does use that in positive ways in situations like this, because that would have been the only way that I would have been able to connect and communicate with her. And she needed the help. I was there to give it to her and so, I mean, she she could have said no, but the consequences of that would not be care, would be an infection, and she probably would have died. So, yeah, it really did open a door for wow.
0: connection. Wow, that's so awesome. You know, and, and that really, that's why, it, you know, that medical component is such a wedge, mm-hmm. you know, it opens the door, and it can be something as simple as giving somebody a cup of cold water yeah. all the way to bandage their wounds, like the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, but but you really see paradigm shift when people recognize that you genuinely care for them Good, right. and even exactly. like the total extremes right mm-hmm. like you have a a christian young woman and an, and an isis young woman mm-hmm. and what actually brings you two together is the medical component right you know so what a what a wild contrast yeah but what an awesome opportunity too, to 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 really actually shift paradigms i would say on both sides of the fence right mm-hmm. i mean because i think i hear that in what you're when you're describing this encounter is that um, you recognize that at the end of the day, even though she has these very different cultural, um, um, you know, lenses, and even and even a very different religious lens, at the end of the day, she's still a human being, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: and so so you
0: can see that, and I'm sure she could see that from her side. If we, too bad we don't have her today, you know, with us, but right. but if we could ask her that, I think she could see maybe a different aspect of of you know she wouldn't just consider you an infidel and maybe she'd even be careful using that word because she's mm-hmm. like well hold on Elena's actually my friend you know mm-hmm. like she helped me mm-hmm. right and so it's neat to see that those those paradigms can shift
1: yeah you know yeah definitely it really was and this may be the only um opportunity that she has to talk to someone she'll be in this camp until she dies there i mean she doesn't really have a way out and mm-hmm. so this may be the only opportunity to be mm. able to express her views and see somebody else's from a different perspective. Mm.
0: Now, you mentioned one other piece, and I think this is really important because um, it's, it's, that, it's that physical piece of paper, that glow track that you had in Arabic, that is just a little memento or maybe an encouragement to someone, um, hope for someone you know, to kind of guide that conversation, maybe just a little bit further, you know, as she's thinking about these things and you're right, we don't know like what seeds would be planted or or where that leads in the end, but there's something powerful about printed messages that have always been a part of major movements in transforming society over history. You know um that 's why they drop them from planes during wartime, you know because it 's right. like somebody's going to pick it up and read it, and maybe they're going to think differently right um so in a battle between good and evil, um you know that little memento that glow track is such an incredible little tool when used properly, right exactly, like, I was
1: going to say that
0: too, yeah, <laughs> like in your first encounter with her she yeah. comes in the clinic, you 're not going to hand it to her and say, "Hey, you need to read this right. you know um so so there's an appropriate time to try to get it to somebody uh, as yeah. as the time permits mm-hmm. in other books, but it's neat to see all those aspects.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it can be very powerful, like you said, if if used properly, there's a time and a place for them. And I never want someone to think that in order to get medical treatment or the care that we can provide, they have to accept this or they have to have a conversation about religion. So it really is about spending time and getting to know somebody and opening up the opportunity for them to ask questions and then using that right. as the avenue in and that that can take time sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. just building those relationships. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, so you were in Syria, and mm-hmm. I know you had multiple deployments to Syria. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. All in yeah. the same refugee camp there? Or no, different... two
1: were in a refugee camp there, mm-hmm. and then um, one was in a different location.
0: Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was that was definitely a difficult time for a lot of the mm-hmm. Syrians. I'm sure themselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, still is probably yeah. not an easy yeah. situation for them. Right. Um it seems like seems like like you said, the, the unrest is is universal but but it seems like it's even more so in the Middle East.
1: I think so. And going back to times in the Bible and, and stories that we hear about, it seems like it's always kind of been that way. Um and yeah, probably will be. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, a hotbed for conflict. Yeah. 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 Well, so you spent some time there and then, um, I know you have been to other locations too. Is, is there any other locations that stand out in your mind as far as where you've traveled and using your medical skills to, to be the hands and feet of um, Jesus?
1: Uh, Iraq, Mosul, Iraq would be another one. I was working at a trauma stabilization point, not for very long. It was only a few days, but it was a few days that are imprinted in my mind, I think, for the rest of my life. Um, we were about two kilometers from the front line, and that's when Mosul was being liberated. And so um, there was a lot of firefights, car bombs, um, suicide bombers, that kind of thing going off. Um, we would have victims of those frequently. And just seeing what humanity does to humanity is horrific. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: in the name of religion
1: in the name of religion yes and so it's just such a powerful experience being there and i mean it was it was the best nursing experience i had as far as caring for people but the worst i think emotional again just seeing the damage that we as humans can do to other humans and so um yeah it really it really helped put in perspective how God can use us in the medical field to go into those types of places and just bring a little bit of hope to people.
0: So it must take a toll on you, emotion like you said, but how does your faith or your paradigm aid you perhaps in dealing with some very difficult scenes and situations?
1: Yeah, um, I think my faith has definitely gotten me through a lot of these types of situations and experiences, um, just knowing that there is a God who loves every single person that we're treating, that we're not treating, um, victims, perpetrators. I mean, and Jesus shows that in his, throughout his life on earth. And so I just feel like it's really important to try and be the same hands and feet that he was to help these people knowing that, um, Yeah, there's a savior who loves everyone. And if there's anything that I can do to make the smallest difference in showing somebody that, then there's there's hope and there's hope for all people. And soon I think that, um, you know, Jesus will come back and this place will be a much better world.
0: Yeah. Amen. So you really capitalize on something that I think is so important. And that is that is that concept of hope. Right, like what gives mm-hmm. us the courage to know that tomorrow the sun's going to shine again, even even yeah. in some of the most darkest of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, what gives us hope? And and what did you notice? You know, I'm sure working amongst colleagues, there not all of your colleagues probably share the same paradigm mm-hmm. or the same worldview.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how how did you interact or see a difference between some of people you worked with?
1: Um, I think that hmm, that's a good question. I think the attitude is a bit different in dealing with people and also um, not necessarily just people that we're treating, but people in general. And it seems to be may, maybe a little bit more of a negative culture, again, not for everybody, but just in general, I think. The ones that don't really have that hope, it's its more of a negative, you know, this is not going to get any better, these people are not going to stop fighting, and, and so it's just kind of a dreary like oh existence i guess but the christians and the and and other religions that i work with that do have a hope um their demeanor is i think just a little
0: different yeah your outlook's different because you you see an actual end goal right Mm -hmm. that this is going to end like Mm -hmm. there's going to come a time when we're not going to see you know bloodshed and war anymore but um yeah that I, i wonder i wonder how difficult it must be for some of these people to see death and destruction on this level and not have answers for that conflict right because context right you yeah. know the battle between good and evil and you realize that that this is not you know god's not causing this or desiring mm-hmm. this or asking people to do this in right. his name but that you know obviously we live in, a, in, a, in an evil world and so unfortunately like choice goes back to choices mm-hmm. like people make poor choices yeah. detrimental choices you right. know for other people right so um yeah that's that's always a struggle um I've seen that a lot, just in 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 the medical field in general. Is that, and I think you're right, exactly, that some people come with an almost embittered attitude towards mm-hmm, humanity because mm-hmm. they don't they don't see people as humans. They see them as an inconvenience or a problem, right. or you know. And how do you, how do you solve that? When you're right, you see it time and time again. It doesn't seem to be getting mm-hmm, better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So I think just knowing that there is a brighter future really helps get through some of those awful times and experiences not Mm -hmm. just for me but i think anyone in those situations as well
0: Mm -hmm. so you've been around a lot of death and destruction that's that's just a natural part of of i'm uh, any nursing career Mm -hmm. is you're gonna see death on a very intimate level Mm -hmm. um how does your belief in um, what the Bible has to say about death. How does that help you in your understanding and when you, when you face death, when you're face to face with.
1: Right, yeah, and I, I think through my experiences and in, in actually seeing death, it's opened my eyes to, to study more and try and really understand what the other side does look like. And in doing that, I, I think there is, again, there's, there's hope because I do think that when you die, the next face you'll see is Jesus. And so it's not necessarily a scary thing in my mind. It's just part of life. There's also death and, um, but not forever. It's not going to last forever. And so it's just encouraging to me. And hopefully I can share that with others to know that there is something better after death.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So Iraq, Syria, did you spend any time in any other countries there in the Middle East?
1: Uh, no, no. Iraq and Syria were, I think. You, and you spent
0: some time in Ethiopia.
1: Yes, in Ethiopia. So, and
0: in Ethiopia, I believe there's a large Muslim.
1: There is, population, yeah. As well
0: as Christian population. Right,
1: too. there is as well. And then and a lot of the refugee camps I've worked with, even in different countries, they're Middle Eastern refugees. So a lot of them are Muslim mm. as well, um, yeah. Ethiopia, um, Greece at a refugee camp. And then in Kosovo, where I'm currently working, it's actually 90, 95 to 96% Muslim, I think. Wow. The, religiously, yeah. So, yeah.
0: And those are refugees that have come into the area, or are they Na- naturally there? They're
1: naturally. Well, so Kosovo um, broke off from Serbia and is an independent state um, country. Uh, but most of them they're Albanians, but the religion is, is Muslim. Mm. So yeah, it's been, it's been unique and different working in a country like that, um, with that's not necessarily Arab, but Muslim is their religion.
0: So in working closely with the Muslim population, what are some of the cultural things that you've learned that maybe you didn't realize before coming from an American worldview and not, and and then, you know, encountering this whole other culture, like what are some of the things that surprised you and that you've learned over the years? Yeah.
1: They have a lot of holidays. (laughs) That's one thing, which is (laughs) kind of cool. Um, and it actually, it's a good, it's a good, um, topic of discussion all the time because there's so many holidays you can ask lots of questions about them. Um, but one thing I actually noticed is we have a lot of similarities, um, with our stories and things Christianity and Muslim Uh, there's a lot of you know like Noah and Abraham and they they also believe in the same God that we believe in obviously their belief on Jesus is different but I've come to know notice that there's a a lot more similarities than I ever thought there would be Mm. and so that's where I I try and focus on that and people love to talk about what they know and what they believe and so asking questions and Yeah, it just opens the floor to for everybody to learn something new.
0: Yeah, because in turn they probably ask you some questions as well. Yeah, if they want to know like what your perspective is, and Mm -hmm. and uh, and I'm sure in the Muslim world there's there's probably some differences of opinion, much like we have different denominations. So there's people that have different veins, different thoughts. Yes, Um, they're not all the same. Right, just like not everybody is. The same type of christianity you know here
1: right some are are definitely much more extreme than others like mm-hmm. you know that contrast in in syria with the isis fighters and everything um but like you said it's the same in christianity you can have extreme and not so extreme and middle ground and um so there's a lot of that in muslim culture as well mm.
0: so you're in kosovo now mm-hmm. and uh helping to manage a, a hospital there in mm-hmm. kosovo Um, But you also spent some time this last year, we had uh, an earthquake in Haiti that you were able to actually join and help lead a lot of that trip into Haiti. So maybe take us back to 2021 and and share with us a little bit about that experience going into Haiti.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a very last minute decision to go, uh, like the night before. And I'm so thankful I did and that God opened that door. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect. but yeah, God just seemed to at every roadblock. God seemed to open the door for something else to come from that, that would be a blessing for us, our team, and for those that we were serving. Um, there was there was a group of young girls that were were they EMTs already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah, had EMTs. Already. Okay, yeah. And I remember being their age and so new at one point, and just being so eager to get out there and serve. And so it felt really good to be able to kind of help guide those those young women into their first deployment essentially, um, and just seeing how God worked in their lives and for all of us. Um, yeah, we were, we were at a hospital, well, when I was there, I was mostly at a hospital working. And um, yeah, it was just a great opportunity to witness. And again, the medical piece really brings mm-hmm. that connection.
0: I believe you guys were at a hospital, a government hospital that was there in Lakai. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're working right alongside some of the government physicians and nurses and people that were there. And I'm sure they were thankful that you guys were there.
1: Yes, because when we showed up, all of their administration left and couldn't be found. And so it was kind of just our team that was running the whole hospital. And I think God just provided the perfect team at the perfect time like he does and yeah it was a blessing
0: so did you have did you have any doctors there that were with you or any physicians or surgeons Uh, we
1: met up with a couple Mm. surgeons that were there we had some orthopedic surgeons and then doctors were a bit tricky Uh, they would kind of come and go but we did have one local that was there every so often but our orthopedic surgeons really stepped up and when they were not doing surgeries they helped treat all kinds of other things. And the
0: orthopedic surgeons, were those local orthopedic no. surgeons or were they from another they country? They were from another country. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you had kind of a lot of multinational yeah. groups that I think at one point you guys had a whole Jewish team that yeah. was there. And, yeah, and
1: we just, did. Yeah. It was quite a mix. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It was good, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's amazing. So mm-hmm. uh, in, ru- in running that hospital, um, what were some of the, the, the memorable moments that you had there taking care of, of people post-earthquake?
1: Um. I think, again, just seeing people's sense of, of fear and the unknown and aftershock was a big thing. People were terrified to actually be in the building because they were afraid of aftershock. And so they, wouldn't, they didn't really want us to treat them. If they had to stay, we had a lot of inpatients. They all wanted to be outside in the grass in case of aftershock. And so just again, seeing that fear and really trying to help bring hope to the locals and just yeah this is a terrible situation and we wish we could do more but this is what we can offer medically and spiritually if they're open to it
0: and so, a lot were and and so that so that's the challenge I'm sure on every response every and it's probably a theme that you run into a lot is that your efforts probably feel like a drop in the bucket mm-hmm. compared to like what what could really be done yeah like it feels like, it, it, and it's, that's that's gotta be tough because and there's so much more that could be done if we just had the resources yeah. or the manpower and yet coming up against that and coming short mm-hmm. is, is tough.
1: It is, and I have to check myself too when I'm on these deployments, and I'm not gonna lie, sometimes it's really hard to balance that, okay, this person's coming in with a head laceration or a broken femur or whatever it might be, they need surgery, they need stitches, wound care, whatever it is. Do they really just want me to offer them a glass of water and pray for them? Like sometimes it's just like this means nothing to them when they actually need, you know, basic necessities first. And so it's, it's I need to remember not to doubt God in that way and that he can use any form of witnessing, medical care, whatever it might be, to reach people in situations where we may not think it makes a difference at all.
0: That's such a great point because... Um, Sometimes you wonder, like, is it really making a difference, like, what I'm doing? Especially when you are limited. Um, Mm -hmm. And then just seeing how God can use that um, and and plant a seed or water a seed, you know, in somebody's mind. That, hey, somebody took the time to be with me in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's what's amazing. Every time we go on these disaster deployments, we we always come across, like, you know, somebody at the right place, the right time for the right conversation. Mm -hmm. And you recognize, wow, like, for 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 man to orchestrate all these events would be absolutely impossible but for god to like line up all the puzzle pieces and put me right right here is just you know amazing so i'm sure you've seen a lot of those divine appointments you know
1: yes yeah and he'll provide them when you ask in kosovo um the first few weeks of my last rotation i every day i was like god provide a divine appointment for me just whatever it might be let me know it's you and and he did. And after a few weeks, I was like, okay, God, this is this can be a little bit stressful just constantly. I'm asking, and you're providing, and now <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, yeah, he really does come through when wow. we ask him.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, and sometimes maybe he's just waiting for us to actually mm-hmm. ask and say, hey, you know, Lord, uh, I'm willing to be used however you want to use yeah. me. Open the doors. Um, and so that that's really an awesome testimony because um, what a— what a blessing, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you can say, Lord, use me. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to use you. And then you have to <laughs> yeah. pray, like, Lord, stop. I,
1: know. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean that it'll... much. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. how it works.
0: Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, that, that's incredible. So, you know, it's, it's really awesome to see how God has taken you around the world, put you in difficult situations, um, even difficult conversations and, um, has really given you a, a platform to, to really reach the heart. Mm-hmm which i believe is his goal for anybody who chooses to walk with him is that he wants to have this amazing experience that is tailored exactly to you and the skills that he's blessed you with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what would you say to you know some young people that are wanting to know like well how do i how do i be a missionary like that's probably a question you had you know because that yeah, was on absolutely. your heart when you were younger yeah. you know? like how do i become a missionary like what are right. some of the, what are some of the practical things that somebody could do, to do
1: Um, I think, so I believe that God has given us all gifts and talents that can be used mm-hmm. for, you know, Him and for helping people and just understanding and knowing what your gifts and talents are and how that can be used to serve and then, um, you know, you, you really don't have to, and I struggle with this at times too, you don't have to go across the world to be a missionary, you don't have to travel to war zones. Um, or even be in the medical field. I think there's a lot of opportunities to be a missionary from your home, from your work, wherever you're at. I think just asking God to open those doors and give you what you need, and he absolutely will, and there will be people that, that you can reach that no one else potentially could.
0: Mm. So that's a great point. So maybe maybe it's really a paradigm shift in having a, a ministry mindset rather than thinking that, ministry can only happen if I'm in the jungles of Africa. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, but if we all had that ministry mindset, how much more effective would God's people be in reaching hearts and minds? Mm -hmm. Because you're exactly right. You have opportunities to reach people that I'll never have, you know, and I have opportunities to reach people that you never have. And Mm -hmm. and if we all recognize that, that's that's a lot of people.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, So obviously medical skills, that's a great, that's Mm -hmm. a great, you know, Getting your EMT or your nursing or any yeah. of those skills are, are, of course, an asset to they have. They
1: are. They are a huge asset to have. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If the world lasts that long.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. things are wrapping up quickly. It, they are. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Elena. It's been a, it's been a blessing to sit down and and talk and and just hear just a small, I'm sure, window because I know on these responses you probably have enough information to fill volumes of books <laughs> whether I
1: remember it or not I don't know yeah. it's a different story yeah writing them yeah. down is the challenge but I know yeah but yeah. yeah thank you it's been a pleasure and thanks for your time
0: yeah absolutely well uh God bless and uh we're excited to um see where God takes you in the next next journey from here so I'm maybe doing. if you don't mind that we'll just say mm-hmm. a quick prayer and we'll close out with a yeah, word be of prayer great. dear Lord we thank you for the opportunity to connect with Elena and, and to see mm-hmm. the ways in which you've been leading her Lord, from the conflict zone um, to the home front and everywhere in between, we see your hand of mercy, and we see um, you using the skills that you've blessed her with as a nurse, and we just pray a special blessing on her, Lord, as you take her from here, that uh, you'd use her as um, an incredible witness for your name, that people would recognize her as a God in heaven who loves them and who's coming back for them soon. So we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.